Welcome back to Amerisogyny. I'm your host, Hannah Blue. This is episode 23, Loneliness, the Silent Enemy. May is Mental Health Awareness Month. For me, every month should be about mental health, and I'm committed to bringing stories to inspire and promote change. Our first stop, the USA. The U.S. Surgeon General, Dr. Vivek Murthy, has declared loneliness an epidemic. Is it shocking? No. It's been a long time coming. Loneliness is an enemy we don't credit enough. It has the power to influence our decisions, causing us to entertain toxic people in situations we usually wouldn't. Some are dealing with people in situations right now due to loneliness. Sometimes they don't leave at all. Sometimes they die. I love seeing people celebrate 20 or more years together because I'm a hopeless romantic who believes in love. But some of these long-term unions aren't very happy at all. People stay because they don't want to be lonely. In episode two, I gave reasons some straight people choose to remain single. And they're good reasons. I also ended that episode saying we need human connections. For me, it's quality over quantity. Loneliness is a big business. Look at social media. You'll find videos of people so in love. Then we find out when the cameras stop rolling, there's domestic abuse and murder. In the blink of an eye, the pandemic forced people into isolation And it made being lonely worse. But being lonely and the bad lessons that come with not overcoming it existed long before the pandemic. If the universe was fair, who wouldn't want to be in a healthy relationship? Who wouldn't? I firmly believe people were not created to be alone. Yet we are. Some by our own hand. Some are grieving partners who pass. Some have left abusive relationships or relationships where the person was only given 10%. For the believers, sometimes God isolates you for full obedience and dependence on him. And let me tell you, for over 20 years, that is something I fought. I never wanted God to be my only source. I wanted to chart my own life. And I did. For a while. It got me nowhere. For introverts, the pandemic brought benefits. Some are anxious or physically exhausted after being social. Some prefer not to be around others. It doesn't make them unhappy if they're not the life of the party. I understand this. I'm one of them. At times, I long for connection, but it has to be the kind I want. I tried being social for others. It didn't work out. Once I discovered my mental health was suffering, I had to walk away from situations. They weren't serving me. They weren't making me happy. I don't like situations where I have to be tolerant of meanness and disrespect. I have a huge issue with disrespect and betrayal. So for me, my own company is better than bad company. Kayo York is a writer I know nothing about. But she wrote something I read today and it resonated with me. There are times where you are the negative one because the influence of another is causing you to change. 
So, if you need to subtract yourself to keep yourself from becoming what you're not, then go. Don't apologize for doing what it takes to keep your heart safe and your character intact. A book that sums this up even better, The Word. 1 Corinthians 15.33 says, Do not be deceived. Bad company ruins good character. Let's talk more about what the Surgeon General said. Loneliness has been correlated to affect mental health, heart disease, stroke, and dementia. A decrease in socialization could increase health care expenses. Dr. Murthy believes if people don't socialize more, they could die sooner than expected. He found loneliness was common in his patients and in speaking with others nationwide. He said, well, I certainly had firsthand experience with loneliness in my own life and also in my care of patients, where I found so often people come into the hospital for one condition or another. He believes one in two adults report being lonely, and it affects young people the most. Dr. Murthy says, Loneliness is more than just a bad feeling. It brings consequences for physical and mental health, increasing risk of depression, anxiety, and suicide, heart disease, dementia, and premature death. He compared the risk of loneliness to heavy smoking and obesity and concluded the risks of the former are even greater than the latter. According to him, the pandemic made loneliness and isolation worse, but where we are now has been in the works for decades. Technology has reshaped how people socialize and brought significant decline in community, recreational, and faith memberships over several decades. He says technology has replaced meaningful peer-to-peer connections with lower quality online connections. Hmm, I did a couple of episodes long before he went public with this, so I guess some of this knew this already, huh? I agree when he said having healthy relationships is crucial. The pandemic forced people to weed out relationships that didn't give them life, and cut out the ones that drain them. He believes it is harmful for people to cut off all social interaction, but I think it depends on the person. As I said, there are people who are happy being to themselves. It could be the environment they grew up in or betrayal of friends or loved ones. These people create bubbles and worlds for themselves where they feel safe. If we are responsible for protecting our peace, who can argue with that? I'm not saying that's what he's doing. I'm voicing my opinion. What works for some may not work for others. He said social media drives quantity of connection over quality of connection. And we know that's not a recipe for greater connection. Now that's true. Some people are so obsessed with the number of followers they have. They think it makes them more loved or respected. It doesn't. They're just numbers. I don't look at follow counts on social media. To me, they literally mean nothing. Here's the thing. Not everyone who follows you likes you. Some follow you to be nosy, to get in your business. To some, you're entertaining. And some use your knowledge, kindness, or expertise to get through the day while they offer you nothing in return. Some people are genuine. Some are two-faced. 
if you have discernment, the ability to see through the facade people create, then you see them coming. Me, I don't fake the funk, as I call it. If I feel someone really doesn't care for me, and I don't like them either, my responses are the same, online or off. I'll be respectful, but I'm not going to give the same energy as I would to someone I like. In addition, I'm aware I'm able to pull back any energy I've given once I find out someone is faker than the wigs I wear on my head. Once you discover someone isn't who they appear to be, you don't have to entertain them. I view my time as money. It's precious. Expensive. Not everyone can afford you. If someone doesn't have a minimum deposit to interact with you with kindness, compassion, and truth, why give them a loan? Never make yourself available to people with bankrupt minds. Mentally, they have no collateral, not even common decency. Dr. Murthy says, baby steps are the key to quality social connections. In his words, just spending 15 minutes a day with people we care about, making sure that we're fully present when we're interacting with others and we're not distracted by technology, our phones, looking for ways to help others and recognizing that small acts of service can be powerful in making us feel more connected with one another. This is very good information and I fully agree with Dr. Murthy. We need to get off these phones and start connecting with people again. Earlier, I shared how loneliness causes us to make bad decisions. This show goes around the world to show how we're connected, even though the language may be different. When it comes to mental health, being happy, trying to find our purpose, I think humans are very similar. We're still stopped in the U.S. On to New York. This was one of two stories I did on TikTok that literally brought me to tears. As the mother of an adult daughter with special needs, my heart went out to the mother who lost her daughter in a senseless act of violence. I bring you the story of Rosalie Sanchez, a 19-year-old girl with an intellectual disability. Our topic is loneliness. And sometimes we want to connect and make friends with people who belong in the gutter. Rosalie was beaten with a shovel and a metal pipe and stabbed more than nine times, then strangled with a piece of rope. Then she was left, like trash, inside an old fish market in lower Manhattan. She was wrapped in plastic garbage bags, bound with tape and covered with a metal sheet. Her killers left her to rot as if she was nothing. Her body was discovered by her boyfriend. Her killers are Austin Boehm, Christian Mercado, and Amber Wilson. They were caught and arrested. According to prosecutors, Boehm stabbed and beat Rosalie. Mercado beat her with the shovel and strangled her, and Wilson hid the body. And like the coward she is, she tried to pin it all on the other two. She said, I was there and Austin and the Beast told me to wrap up her body with the tape and the plastic and then I put a metal sheet over her body. Now this trio is the epitome of bad company. But Rosaline thought she had found friends. Her mother, Iris Garcia, said she would tell her to come back home. But Rosalie told her, Mommy, I'm okay. I'm with my friends. She told her mother they were helping her and they'd look out for her. And her mother said, no, Rosalie, 
You don't know these people. Not everybody is your friend. But that's the kind of heart my daughter had. She couldn't see the bad in people. She was too innocent. Garcia cried as she told her daughter's story. She thought everybody was her friend. She trusted everybody. She didn't deserve for these people to do this to her. According to her mom, Rosalie had a difficult time in life. She had a learning disability and had the mentality of a 14-year-old. Also suffered from depression, anxiety, and suicidal ideation. She was hospitalized multiple times. She left her mom to join a program for troubled teenagers shortly after. Her mother's words resonated with me. It was a struggle for 18 years. I always tried to keep her safe. I used to take her to therapies. She used to see a psychiatrist. But when she turned 18, she didn't want anybody helping her. Rosalie decided she didn't want to be in the program anymore and followed her boyfriend to the streets. Her mother said she just wanted to be out there in Manhattan. She wanted to be out there with her boyfriend. Eventually, she met the people who would end her life. I didn't look for a motive because for me, there was no excuse to take this young woman's life. Sanchez had dreams like everybody else. She wanted to join the army and go into nursing. She should have been given that chance. But the need to connect, to be accepted and loved, to not feel loneliness. This is what motivated her to socialize with bad people. And it cost her everything. Police speculate there might have been a dispute over some money and she'd been lured to the market by the killers. Cops brushed it off as the day-to-day dealings of drug addicts, but her mother stood firm about her daughter's reputation. Rightfully so. She said her daughter wasn't a crackhead. She didn't have a drug problem. She was just an impressionable, developmentally disabled girl with a heart of gold, desperate for a slice of freedom and independence. Miss Garcia said, I last spoke to her on the 26th or 27th of February. I said, Rosalie, you can't continue to be out there on the streets of New York. New York is not safe. You need to do something. Let us help you. She said, I don't need nobody helping me. Mommy, you worry too much. I'm okay. I know how to take care of myself. Then I called a day later and she never responded. I don't think anyone can say with a straight face that this girl deserved what she got. She didn't. We have to get out of thinking we all think alike. We don't. This girl wanted social connections. Were they people I would have hung out with? Hell no. But some people need social connections and look past what I don't. In this case, for Rosalie, the connection with these monsters was poor quality and deadly. Our next stop, India. This story shocked the world. Beautiful Bollywood actress Tunisha Sharma was only 20 when she died. She was a very popular TV actress and she was found hanging in her co-star's makeup room. His name is Shizan Khan. She was found and taken to the hospital, but she didn't survive. There are reports she was in a relationship with Shizan Khan. It has also been reported he cheated on her and was abusive to her. Khan claims he did a shoot for a scene and found the door to his makeup room was locked. 
He said he called for Tanisha to open the door, and when that didn't happen, the door was broken open where she was found hanging. A fellow actress said, Tanisha suffered from anxiety and depression. Tanisha's mom blames her ex, Shizan Khan, for her daughter's death. She feels he caused her to commit suicide. Police said they investigated Tanisha's death as murder and suicide, but they never found a suicide note. He was arrested on abetment to suicide and was released on bail. He recently asked for the return of his passport, citing he needs it to work. That shows where his head is on himself. Some people weighed in on Tanisha's death. One person said, how can her co-star be responsible for her death? It seems that she couldn't take the breakup on board, and if she was already vulnerable with depression and anxiety, the breakup took over her mindset. If she really loves she's in gone, that's enough to take her over the edge. Maybe she found out she was pregnant, not proved yet. She was only 20, so young to end her life. The mother is blaming Shizan Khan. Easy to do, but did she add to her anguish? And another. It is very sad that someone took her life, but only she committed this act. She should be solely responsible. She has options to get help from the law. If she didn't, then why blame others? You know, social media is never a place for compassion and sympathy. Some people will judge you to the grave. It is sad to see a 20-year-old girl who had her whole life ahead of her go. I don't know what happened to Tanisha or why. What I do know is the quality of our connections can make or break mental health. And I'm out of time. If you got something useful out of this episode, feel free to leave a review for us on Apple Podcasts. Our host is now Podbean. I thank every listener in the U.S. and around the world we have for tuning in to us each week. I will be back with another story or two. Be easy. Take care of yourself. Thank you for listening. And as always, God.